Welcome to the Power of Mindset podcast. This is Haik Tadevosan, your host. And I wanted to get into another episode and talk about some things that we've been doing for a study group about how small business world has been changing. So as far as a change in adaptability, and I share this message a lot and I talk about this a lot, that everything is always changing. And if you don't have a process and a system to adapt, you will die off. Not physically, but the business will die off, right? Ambition will die off. You'll just get negative because you're not keeping up with all the changes and you'll be left behind. As the world moves on, we have to move with it. As you know, one thing I've learned and I've done a fair amount of cycling outside with a group of cyclists. And there's a thing called uh, draft, as in the closer you are to the wheel of the cyclist in front of you, the more of the draft you're using. Essentially, from what I'm hearing on the number scale, whatever amount of watts you're putting, you can actually keep going the same speed by putting about 70% of your watts, 70 to 80. If you're just within, you know, four or five inches to the wheel of the person in front of you. So, and if you do ever fall back from your pack, and I have fallen back from the, the, the bike pack that I've been cycling with, it's very hard to catch up. It, you have to actually go way quick, way harder, put up way more power. And by the time you catch up, you're exhausted. So one of the things that's very important to be road cyclist when you are riding in a large pack, you have to stay close to the pack. Because they keep swapping, fresh person goes to the front, and then there's people using the drag. As a matter of fact, if you got one, two in front of your wheel, a few to the side, you're using even less watts to travel, whether if it's 20, 21 miles an hour, and you feel a lot recovered, so then you go lead, so on and so forth. But when you fall back, it's hard to catch up unless your group slows down for you, and often you might be finishing that race on your own. And that's also the same thing with the Tour de France. If you ever watch, uh, there's different groups. And when you fall away from your group, you're going to have to join the group right behind them because to catch up to the very front one's very difficult, right? So very similar analogy to things that always change, right? In business world. And it's not that the business changes. And what is business? It's actually serving the community to be able to sell some kind of a good and, and collect some kind of money for your services, well, the behavior of the people that are paying for your services changes. We don't adapt the business. In reality, all the businesses is how do you serve the public? You can have a coffee shop. You can have an insurance business. You can have a real estate business. You can be a stockbroker. If the behavior of the customer changes, the business has to adapt. And if you don't, what happens? Customer will move on and find the place that is willing to serve them the way they like to. And they will do business with them for the same reason why Blockbuster went out of business. They didn't adapt quick enough, so they're gone. For the same reason why taxi business is going out of business, because they didn't adapt quick enough, Uber took over. For the same reason why you know a lot of different transportation businesses have changed over the years. Why? Because since COVID, a lot of people's expectations changed. There's people who do not go to grocery stores anymore. Why? Because there's an app you download, you click a button, groceries show up. Like, why would you waste your time going, right? So the businesses that adapted to the customer ever-changing need were the ones who were proactively growing. A lot of them done really well over the last couple of years. The ones who did not adapt and change died. So that's that being said, I was asked a question. There's a um, magazine article companies working on, and there was four points, and I wanted to you know, bring those points in front of you as far as what the discussion was. And also there's a study group we're talking about these changes because the future of small business, and again, I'm speaking from the insurance space, it's changing drastically. And one of the questions that came up, the first one we talked about as far as, as a small business owner myself, what am I doing to stay relevant? Because like it or not, there's still local presence within every small business. And the leader of the business, not necessarily the owner, but the leader. At this point, I'm the owner and the leader. 
I do want to delegate a lot of this too. And I really believe you delegate what you can to 70% and then you coach on the 30. But I'm still working on these things. For example, one of the things I do a lot is volunteer work. And I've been doing volunteer work for my church even before I got into the business. Why? It's just the right thing. What's what my parents taught me. And those are going to be values I'll teach my children is volunteer. Local church, community center. And I've been volunteering for my church longer than I've been in business. And it's just something I've done. And if I look back into the business decision that was an amazing business decision because the entire community that is connected to my church they're either customers or they did business with me or they're sending business my way because people do want to support the members of their community like it or not especially when you're involved with a nonprofit. we did a, um, a christmas party for the kids yesterday and i was looking into the room there's a couple hundred people there most were clients okay so if you're wondering how that works and also if you're expecting it's not gonna work for you but it works if you don't expect it. And unconditionally, you do it, like it or not, someday, I don't know if it's going to take six months or a year, it actually took years for people to trust me within the community about 15 years ago when I got into the insurance business to support. So that's why a lot of people start doing volunteer work. They go to the you know, the fundraisers and the food drives and feeding the homeless, expecting to blow up with referrals in their business. They don't get anything and they stop because it never comes quickly and you should never do it for that reason. It should be done because it's the right thing to do. People support you, great. If they don't, God bless them. Icing on the cake when they do and like it or not, when you're involved, people will support your business. So that's a piece I do a lot. Um, you know, volunteer fundraisers, anything with my community. You can ask your church for introductions. You can ask your pastor. You can get involved with BNI. You can get involved with the Rotary Club. There's a lot of different parts of the, whether if it's fundraisers, whether if it's gatherings, whether if it's introductions, whether if it's professional networking, there's a lot of needed support that they need. And a lot of people are just not spending time doing it. And unfortunately, they're not. That's That's been around for a long time, and it really works. Uh, the other piece we do a lot is uh, events. If there are any local events, as in if there's festivals, if there is you know book signing events, if there is a local coffee shop you have a relationship with, maybe set up a table, talk to the owner. Hey, I'm going to be buying coffee for all the people coming in return. Just give some business cards to them and introduce ourselves and just let them know what we're doing and we're supporting your coffee shop. And you know, people will be happy with buying them free coffee. There's all these different events, and this is the most events we've done this year, and it's been our best year. Was event the answer? No, it was one of the things. We also do marketing. We have a referral process. We do a good job for clients, so they refer us more business, and the more business they refer, the more business they refer, because those referrals also end up liking us and referring more business. So it's very important to stay active with the local small businesses, supporting them, and don't forget the fact, always do a good job. So if you do a good job for your customers, that is being involved with the community, by the way. Right, That is community service in many ways because there's other businesses like yours in the area that are not doing quite as good of a job. They're not serving the community as well as you. They're not going out of their way. They're not having meetings to improve product. They're not talking about patterns as far as what to do more of and what not to do and what to do less of. Uh, those are very important things when you're working in a small business environment. The other piece is social media. I don't never really been really good at having like a full-time employee helping me with those posts. Maybe we'll get to that point, but I use my personal page and I do post a lot of things about family, friendship, fitness, the thing I talk about in the book. Um, you know, I talk about my workouts in there, family outings, volunteer works. So I post, you know, personal things from the uh, from my home, from my home and my family. And also I do business things from the office. So that keeps a lot of customers engaged because a lot of our clients are friends. Uh, I will eventually work on more business, social media stuff, but not quite there yet. So for those of you who are watching this who don't have it, it's okay. 
your personal page is your business page up until your point where you do want to invest fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year into a full-time employee to edit videos. I have some friends who do that. Actually, it works out really well for them. Um, the other piece, as far as what the leader should be involved with, is the centers of influence. And I tell this to a lot of business owners: take a word document or a handwritten booklet. Write down the names of the people who serve people in the community. This could be professionals who sell things, right? It could be business owners in the area. You know, your popular people. And make a list and be in front of them as much as you can. As a matter of fact, what I've told a lot of business owners is have that list going and have your team help you build the list as they do business with other people who are in the business of serving people. Um, you know, sales reps, car dealerships, whether if it's coffee shops, people that deal with people, people that see a lot of faces. Get in front of them. Ask them out for coffee. Ask them what their coworkers like. Make a trip out there. Donuts, chocolates, cookies, lunch, whatever. Uh, get yourself in front of them. And a piece I've said, if you do hire a new person, your newbie should sit down and call the office center of influence list and say, hey, my name is Cynthia. I'm new at you know Hike's office. Hike asked me to call and just introduce myself as a newbie in the office, see if there's anything else we could do for you. Hike's, you know, specifically asked me to reach out to you. Is there anything you might need from us? And you'd be surprised how, how appreciative and how good the results of that process is because a lot of the professionals that do hear from your new employees would, first of all, thank you for it. Some of them might have forgotten about you. And some of them even say, you know what? Actually, I'm glad you called because I do have a customer that needs some help. Would you mind helping him out with, with whatever services you provide? And that has worked really well for us too. That's item number one. The other thing I was asked is, what's the need of office space? That has changed a lot because COVID shut down the office, which we still maintain with a sign saying, call us, we're not available for meetings. It pissed off some clients, but a lot of them understood. A lot of them got retrained. And, you know, yeah, our second newer office is, that's where a lot of our team comes mostly, but we do appointments only not back in our main office in Bellevue. And that changed a lot because we really never really got back in fully. We do appointments only, and we realized people really don't want to come to the office. Again, things have changed. Now people want to click a button, things happen. So they, the demand of the customer needing speed has been more than ever. And it's not fast to get in your car, drive to an office, sit down, have an intro, go over your personal values, and then get into business. We got very good at getting the business right away. Phone rings, hello, how may I help you? Straight to business. Yeah, we might include some personal items in there for personal touch, which of course we all should in business. But it's gotten quicker and clients like it more. We thought it was talking about their dog and their family, but in reality, that was the 1980s approach. A lot of people had the time. Now nobody does. They're, they're rushed. Even though they feel more transactional, they appreciate it more. They refer more. They're more thankful. They're more loyal. Right? You measure business success based on not just customer coming, is the lifetime value of the customer. And more clients are staying because we got quicker giving them what they want, not getting to know what their second dog's name is and the birthday and those kind of things. Uh, again, some of it is still in there, but it has been it used to be 80% personal, 20% business. Now it's actually 80 to 90% business, maybe 10, 20% personal when we're uh, transacting with customers. And some clients do want to talk. Of course we do, but we try to keep it short. And we noticed that increased everything and improved everything between the relationship and referrals and um, retention of customers. And the biggest compliment I always say to clients is showing us that you trust us by sending us your friends and family, the introductions, right? And we see more of that. That means look for patterns, follow patterns, create patterns. What we're doing, it works really well. Just continue doing more of that. And that's a pattern we start noticing and following a lot more. So office space is becoming less needed, 
when it comes to customer facing, it is still needed for the appointments. It is still needed. We've done some great appointments, but it's less. We used to have several clients a day. Now we're having few a week, even though we got double the size of the team since pre-COVID, close to three times the size of the team. It's interesting how that worked out. Less customer come in, more customers are joining the business, but they're not physically coming in. And as far as need for the office, my answer, training space. I get to, to my right, I get to go and hear conversations with my team members. I can't do that virtually, but my experience reps who don't need too much of me are doing everything at home, but I do require everybody to come in once a week for team meetings. This is where, again, go back, bring back value, look at the numbers as a team, look for patterns as far as what are we doing well, do more of that. What are we not doing well, do less of that, follow those patterns and create a system to create that pattern in the office. So office has become mainly training space. Do a lot of training. It's all I do in the office. So great for training. It's become less for customer facing. Uh, offices are becoming more obsolete for clients. Yes, but you do need it for your team. Um, another piece, I as far as the office space, and I ask this to a lot of business owners, go to your Google page and look at your reviews. I looked at it the other day. We had 555 reviews. And you can actually click on, there's a way to search to see which word is mentioned in your Google reviews the most talking about patterns as far as what your office is doing. Again, this is less about the office space, more about the office culture, but we notice from the organic Google reviews our customers are giving us, the word that was mentioned 100 times was team, and then 85 was like friendly, and then the number five and six was like price and those kind of things. And, and by looking at what the customer's telling us, the feedback we're getting is they're talking about the team, they appreciate the teamwork, they appreciate the friendliness, how quick we are, and then price is like the you can't even see it unless you click see more. And that taught us another important thing that, yes, yeah, since we stopped meeting with clients so much, but we're getting more reviews that talks about team, they don't need to see the team. They can sense the team. As long as we put team as a priority here for us, your customer will sense that. And if you don't, they'll sense that too. They will only do business with you because you're cheap. At this point, cheap products don't last long. Value does. Cheap brings clients in, but value keeps them in. So, Go to the next level and bring him in for value. That is retention and that is introduction. That is growth on next level. The other item we discussed was um, essentially customer behavior, which I touched on earlier, but behavior of client has really changed. Now, I did recap and summarize, so I'll quickly go over that one more time. When everything is always changing and we're not adapting, we are dying, so we have to adapt. If you think about through evolution... You know, the dinosaurs, they had to get in the water, but they couldn't swim, died off. And the fish had to come out of the water who couldn't, stayed in the water, had to get out of the water for some reason, didn't learn how to walk, died off as well. So even evolution proves the, the reptiles, the crocodiles, the birds, the ones who adapted better to multiple different environments because environments keep changing. You have to change with it, survive longer than the ones who didn't adapt. As in, I'm only going to stay on land. I'm only going to do it when a client walks in the office. I'm only going to do it with the phone, not going to use video or those kind of things. Adaptation is an important key thing. And let's say we have a call coming up for our training group next week. And one of my buddies is going to be the speaker I'm going to be interviewing. And the, one of the things, the core focus of that phone call is going to be how coachable and, and how much of a student of the game my friend has been. Because he's been learning and learning and learning. He was actually one of my students. He interned in my office before he opened up his business. And he was teaching me. As in, the student starts teaching the teacher. And I was so proud because he, there's things that he's doing on a way higher level than us. Why? Because he didn't just pick up 
things that he learned from our office and just start doing. He did. And then he kept learning from others and learning from others. Now he's going to be back on a call with us, teaching my team and I about how he does what he does. Why? Because he keeps changing, right? Activity minus excuses plus your method, your approach equals results. He's always refining his tools and sharpening his knife and making sure that he's in the front row seat of new knowledge and adaptation, which is why he overgrew us in many categories of this business. And now we're going to get to learn from him. So he's very good at learning what the customer wants. And the customer is always changing. So you should change the way you're learning. Therefore, you can provide what the customer needs. And my friend understands that really well. And I can't wait to pick his brain about it. And the last, last piece we also uh, discussed was about you know, as far as specific demand, we talked about speed. Now, the need for speed has been greater than ever before in business from customers. So we have to be fast within the organization on service and sales part. There's a set of issues, two things that comes with that, right? So when we are supposed to be running quick, right? When you're running fast, you don't have time. Like when I, when I run a race and if you're doing a 5K, you don't have time to really pick up the water because if you do touch the water that the, you know, the eight stations are giving at that speed, you spill most of it. Right. So, but when you go slower pace, marathon pace, you actually have time, like kind of slow down get the water and drink it. Same thing within the business when we're sprinting and we are often sprinting between calls and customers rush us. So we feel rushed. We become very reactive, very reactive as in transactional. We're only talking to what the client wants to talk about. We don't really take a step back to see like, is there another issue? Do we see the field better or are we just looking at it through this very narrow view in front of us? Because often customers might think that's what they want, but as professionals, it's a job to dive deeper and peel the layers of the onion to get to the core and find out what the issue is. You know, it goes back to the saying, you know, prescription medication without diagnosis is malpractice. So clients always ask us to prescribe something for them, but we got to do further diagnosis just because you walked into the doctor's office saying you have a headache. They shouldn't prescribe whatever the common headache medication is. They should check and see there might be a far greater issue causing your headache than the need for Tylenol or ibuprofen. And, you know, we become very order taking like when we're busy. So my job has become to be a proactive coach as in a professional value reminder. That's literally if I have to change my title now and put on my business card, I'll say professional value reminder because we get team gets very caught up with the speed, which is very normal. And that's why a leader, instead of losing it, they have to understand when you have a team that's sprinting a marathon, I have to really slow them down, which they're bothered by it sometimes. This team meeting was too long. Hi, can we get back to work? But once in a while, a leader needs to remind them, it's okay, we can miss extra 10 calls to wrap up this important team meeting to bring value back in front of you because we have to do the right thing for the customers. And if they left the voicemail, we'll call them back. And we do because we talk about the issue in the office and we fix it. And the proactive piece is that if you have a fast running team, it's very frustrating sometimes because we forget small details. We have to take the reactive response to the speed requirement from the customer. And we have to be proactive in offering them more solutions by taking a step back and asking right questions and slowing down. So slowing down is a big piece. Uh, it is an issue now because people demand speed. So we have to slow people down. Um, and those were essentially the topics we covered. Where is the small business world going? I th think for most cases, consultant businesses and sales type of businesses, there'll be less and less in need for space. 
I don't see people needing to go back into their corporate buildings and skyscrapers, especially with the flexibility people have. They wake up, put on their pajamas and get to work, but people still need to come in for training. That piece is why I'm going to maintain our both locations. Um, do we always need it? No, it's less need for it when it comes to the customer. There's more need for your teams. And teams sometimes love, doesn't matter what it is, they love to interact with each other. They might say, I like working from home. Great. They should have a hybrid schedule, but when they come in, Training face-to-face is better because I am struggling to train our out-of-state employees because best I can do is video with them or phone calls. It's just not the same. And if somebody might disagree with me, well, that's just not the type of the business I sign up for. I sign up for the type of the business where I can sit in front of my team member, look them into the eyes and tell them, you messed up here. Let me help you fix it. You did this really well. Tell me about that. Hey, can you record your conversation? Let's review together. I can do that a lot more efficiently when I'm there helping them train. So if you are frustrated thinking you might not need your location because customers don't want to come in, well, I have news for you. I agree with that statement. It's very valid. Customers don't want to come in. They're in a hurry. They got a million things going on. They're used to clicking buttons, things happening. But you do need the office to train and coach and remind value to your team to keep them proactive, to be able to take the reactive customer and slow them down and still do the right things. So- it's a good thing that the customers don't want the space. You can now use the space for other things to serve your customers even better. Thank you guys for your time. And until uh, next episode, I'm excited about next week. We'll have uh, my buddy Andre, who's the Norseman triathlon finisher, who kicked butt, by the way. I've got some good stories with that one. Uh, I'll do the interview with him next week, and we'll release it the week after that. And hopefully, we'll have some good content for you. Cheers.